Uh, Charlie, the Bulldogs have got two flags now. I hate you. If you think we'll be insightful, clever or just when we search, we're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one car. It is Wednesday, the 5th of the July. Welcome to Two Guys, One Bag, our uh, Two Guys, One Cup spin-off podcast where we answer, I guess, our mailbag. I'm Will Anderson. And I'm Charlie Clawson. This is just an easier show for us because you provide the content, we just read them and talk about it. Well, technically in our other show, the AFL Players... And the AFL provide the content and we just talk about it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> we have no ideas ourselves. Oh, no, no, no. We cannot do anything without everybody else. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go through some of the things in the mailbag. Um, firstly, can I just have a shout out to Brett? A big thank you to Brett. I did request on one of the episodes if there was any footage of kids playing ice hockey, having fights. <laughs> Turns out there's heaps. <laughs> uh, Brett, Brett said it to me. And I had a very enjoyable time watching little kids on skates punching into each other. <laughs> it was pretty great. I, I mean, I'm so you know how the government is now monitoring everything we look at online. Yeah. Do you think that gets red flagged when a guy looks up children fighting on ice? I mean, here's the thing: I've been kicked off a plane recently, so that's probably got to be a trigger, right? Even though it wasn't my fault and I was cleared of everything, still that's my trigger, right? Yeah. Then secondly. I'm looking up kids, fighting kids. <laughs> Kid fights. Yeah. If, if there is an A flag going off of some kind, yeah. then that Band-Aid is staying on my computer. That's all I'm saying. Uh, thanks to Lisa, who continues to write to us quite a lot and very passionately about Geelong and how we overlook Geelong. Yes. Uh, and their ratings in the season. Do we? I feel like we adequately rate Geelong. I feel well. Here's what I would say. I feel like there's no way that anyone could adequately rate Geelong for Lisa. Yeah, right. I feel like Lisa rates Geelong more highly than the players at Geelong. I think if <laughs> the Geelong players are having an off week and Chris Scott needs someone to come in and cheer him up, he brings in Lisa because yeah. she has no lid on her expectations for how Geelong are going to go. Yeah, she's fairly one-eyed. It's fair to say. Uh, Jeremy Fox. Uh, who sent us some uh, a, a little picture of um, Fox uh, Pie Night. Yes. You know, we're fascinated by yep. the good people in the promos department <laughs> at Fox Footy. <laughs> and uh, one of one of the, the many excellent endeavours they've brought us uh, so far this year is uh, Fox Footy Pie Night. Have you actually watched Pie Night? Yeah. And so they eat pies? <laughs> they eat pies. <laughs> they, they really? Yeah, right. they have a pie warmer. Yeah, right. And when someone comes on, they go... Do you want a pie? Or they'll sometimes cross the people having a pie. Yeah, right. But as a promo, Jeremy's work, he's, he sent me pictures of it. Uh, they sent them pies. Oh, yeah. Like wrapped in the Fox Footy logo. Yeah, dyed red. Yeah. Does that put you off? I mean, you don't eat it. If it was a tofu pie or mushroom pie or something. Right. Does Cheese the red, and spinach pie or something. Does the red pastry put you off? Nah, I'd be into it. Yeah, really? Yeah, I'd be into it. Then you'll forget. Free, pi- free pie. But then you forgot you ate it and then you take a shit about four hours later and you call the doctor. <laughs> I take a shit and suddenly a goal umpire runs out <laughs> and signals it a goal. And I'm like, well, I was sitting down. I was hardly going to miss, mate. I'm not going to spray it from there. Come back when I'm urinating. I could be spraying that one. Uh, and thank you to uh, Glenn Archer, uh, the uh, AFL, former AFL shinboner of the century. 
uh, Glenn Archer, who uh, has had a week in the headlines himself this week. Uh, he, speaking of kids fighting. And uh, Glenn Archer also just messaged me out of the blue this week uh, because he books like a speaking business. And uh, one of his clients had been at a function I had spoke at recently and wanted me to like speak at like some gig they were doing, right? But it was just a weird week to get hit up by Glenn Archer. Yeah. Literally, poor choice of words, I would say. Well, good point, <laughs> right? But it's like one of those things, like in the message back, do you mention... So that was my dilemma, right? Yeah. He's like, he, he hasn't mentioned it. Like, yeah. You know, he's just messaging me about this gig. And I'm like, okay, well, he's back at work. He's doing mm. his thing, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, in the message back, do I acknowledge that I've seen the week that he's having or do I completely keep it professional and straight to business? Keep it professional and stick to business. Shit. <laughs> I did not do that. <laughs> I led with it. Right. Yeah. I was just put like, it on front street. Yeah. It must be. It must. Yeah. Just something generic. You know. It must be a tough week or whatever. Like, okay. You know, yeah. Something uh, like that. Right. So okay. In my head, I it thought wasn't you were, like, I you were cracking pu- gas. How good's punching up us? <laughs> Allegedly, because I don't think it did. Did you ever? I saw that at junior footy a couple of times when I used to play club footy. Uh, in my neighbourhood, there was at least a couple of occasions where parents jumped the fence. It's weird. I mean, I understand it. You get defensive over your child and stuff. But I saw a couple of mums uh, jump the fence to defend their kids. I saw a runner, who, uh, someone's dad who was also a runner, uh, jump the fence to get involved in a fracas. I think we would have been about 13 or 14 at the time. But yeah. You get very defensive over the ones you love, though. Like, 100%. I mean, if somebody else had a shitty dog that came up and tried to bite my dogs, I'd punch yeah. a complete stranger. <laughs> I remember the guy, uh, the dad who was the runner, was the runner for my team. And I remember there was a kid. He actually went on to play for a club. I can't remember his name, but he wanted to play a few games at least. I think he played for the Bulldogs or Carlton or something like that. So this kid, when we were in under-13s, used to dominate. But he... Had a strut. He was that kind of guy. He was your classic power forward, like strutting around, a bit bigger than the rest of us, and didn't mind knocking kids down and lipping off and stuff. And at one stage, I think he'd sort of like, you know, bumped one of our players so hard he got taken from the field. Now, runner came out to give instruction, and as he was walking off, he was glaring at this kid. And the kid said, what are you staring at, mate? And our runner, who's a grown man, said, an asshole, dickhead. And then the kid's gone, maybe you're looking in a mirror, you fat fuck. <laughs> I mean, this kid, you've got to say, yeah. he's not only quick on his feet, yeah. but quick with the lip. He was. Like, he, he had that kind of he had that kind of strut about him. It was a bit of a, like, he played like a young Jack Revolt. Maybe that's how he made it to the AFL level. Maybe when it got down to, like, you know, sort of your draft camp sort of day. They're yeah. like, well, look, his vertical leap isn't that much. And i got to be honest with you, he's a little slower, you know, than a like off the mark, but... Man, on the verbal, we yeah. have never... <laughs> this like, guy rates off the charts. Like, off the charts. We have never had a score like this. In fact, even to the answer to this question, yeah. he's written something really sarcastic to us. It's brilliant. He's a genius. Imagine if that kid had been around now with Instagram. Like, think about the trolling he'd be doing online. Right. He'd made fucking put Thomas Bug to shame. I mean, that's the, the, the thing about these days. We live in a more sensitive world. But in the old days, when it was very much about, like, if you were tagging someone or trying to take them out of the game, you were pretty much allowed to do or say whatever it is that you wanted to do. Can you imagine, like, Tony Liberatore in the age of Instagram? Yeah. If we didn't, like, he would be in your ear, in your face. Like, it'd You'd be like never, your phone would never stop pinging. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Like, I did not sleep last night because Liberatore yeah. has set up, like, 19 different phone accounts yeah. and he's ringing me from each of them all night long yeah liberatore actually has like a 47 different memes he will send you at any one time <laughs> like hilarious he's got minion memes he's got like uh, cool story bro memes 
He's got genius memes. I mean, the thing about him is he just takes it one meme at a time, but he's got like 30 of them. He's fantastic. Um, all right. So uh, I, the biggest fight I reckon when, when I was at junior footy was I remember in the under 17s, I guess it was at, Hay- at Hayfield, under 17s or under 19s, whatever the thirds were. What was that? Under 17s I don't or know. under 19s? Uh, okay. Under 17s of thirds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So under under 17s, right? Yeah. Um, at Hayfield. Uh there was a fight like between, so I was playing in this game, but I was like 14 or 15 or something. <laughs> and I'm down the other end of the field. I'm like in the back pocket. But or you're something. big, right? Yeah, but for that age group, not that big. Right. So I was playing like junior 40, under 15s, and I was big. But in the under 17s, I was like, Just you know, back normal. pocket. Yeah, right. kind of bigger. Played a bit of relief ruck, but wasn't like the main guy. Isn't anyway. that great, relief ruck? Basically, <laughs> we want to give our good ruckman a break so you can just take a fucking hammer in. Right. Just hang with this guy for three or four minutes at a time. Just get a couple of fucking knees in the back of the head. Yeah. And then we'll bring the good player back on. Yeah, basically that was my role. Yeah. And I was good at it. <laughs> <laughs> they called me the human stepladder. I came third in the League Best and Ferris that year and they said they'd never seen so many sympathy <laughs> votes from my players. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it was on the wing at Hayfield and on the wing at Hayfield there was no fence mm. it was like the kind of there was just like an Ashfell kind of incline up to where the sheds were right? right and that's where the crowds would stand and get their hot dogs and whatever and so the fight starts on that wing and then it just spilt up and into the like, oh really of, yeah into the grandstand and then suddenly there's like so was the fence did it have a mesh or could no, people no there's no fence th- oh, so it's just a, so oh, no railing no, or anything there's no railing there's oh like, right it goes so straight to the Ashfell there's railing around the rest of the oval run, right but just basically there, it goes straight up into the... Yeah, right. Yeah, and it was on the young and old. There was like, you know, just observers punching players. Like, it was crazy. How did they get control of it? I can't remember. I always wondered that about, like, when you see those, like, country leagues when there's a massive brawl like that. When, you know, they don't have a lot of security or police or whatever. I imagine those things just go for days. I mean, it's still going. Yeah. That's the thing. I moved on. That's why, That's actually why I left Hayfield. <laughs> I didn't want to do journalism at university. You know, I just needed to get away from this fight. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Peter Griffin and that giant chicken. Yeah. It just, every time two people from that day see each other, it's fucking back on again. It has never ended. It's the Hatfields and the McCoys. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, next up, uh, we're going to get to some actual uh, uh, mailbag stuff. Yeah. Uh, I know, how loud is that? This is our mailbag show where we listen to you and then tell stories about ourselves <laughs> for half an hour. Uh, Josh Kennedy news. A yeah. bit of bit of JJ Kennedy. Uh, looks like, um, you know, it's a, you know we, we might see a bit of him in the run home for West Coast and if they make the finals, he's obviously going to be very important to the club. A uh, couple of bits of uh, uh, JJ uh, footage have been shot through to us but from several people. Uh, Darren and Andrew both uh, sent us through um, a great bit of Channel 9 footage. Yeah. A Channel 9 news story from Western Australia where they've spent two minutes and 45 seconds of precious news time. I'd love to know, actually do some investigation of what else happened in the world on that day that they had three minutes of Josh Kennedy news. But... Well, Charlie, you, you watched it. Yeah. Give us a little uh, precy of what it was you well, saw. Well, I think, yeah. So, two, 40, two minutes 45. I'd say two minutes of that is Josh and his beautiful daughter in beautiful the playground. Daughter. Uh, Josh talking about, you know, um, you know what it's like being a father. I think they have another child on the way. Um, so, two minutes of footage of him at a playground with his daughter. And then uh, about 45 seconds of Josh's new business. Because <laughs> at one point, like, they cut from the playground to what looks like 
a futuristic lab where he gets into this pod filled like this glowing neon blue pod filled with water. And we're like, what's he getting into a birthing chamber in it the Matrix? It honestly or? looked like he was in that, one of those pods from Cocoon. Yeah, I totally. was like, this is how he's recovering from his energy. We, we, we met these old people. They had some technology they wanted to see. They said, in. we'll never get old and we'll never die. <laughs> Um, yeah, so obviously what's happened here, because the first two minutes, you can't quite work out... What the fuck is going you're like, on? Why is well, this, this is a nice news? story. It's sweet. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, but, but essentially you've spent two minutes on prime news time to tell us Josh Kennedy loves his kid. Yeah. Like, that's it. It's just a guy in not sensible shoes, by the way. No. Playing with his kid at a park. Yeah. And, and like talking about how he loves his kid. Yeah. And then... They cut to the future world where he gets into the pod. And at first I thought, oh, cool. This is part of the Eagles' recovery. We're right. at the, we must be at you know their training ground at Subiaco or whatever, and this is part of the recovery. But then in the next shot, he's out of the pod and he's wearing a T-shirt of the company who owned the pod. And I was like, hmm, interesting turn of events. What could possibly be going on here? What I, what I love about JJK is that we seem to be discovering he's involved in a lot of weird businesses yeah like his business portfolio is wide and varied and always seems yeah like the next video we'll see will be like jjk moves around like a wild bird now he has an ostrich farm <laughs> oh these eggs are really valuable um they can be used for a lot of things full of protein there's a picture of him and stewie low on the back of the western <laughs> australian paper holding one egg in their hands. uh joel um <laughs> Here we go. Uh, uh, this is from thewest.com.au and it's uh, some more information on uh, Josh Kennedy's uh, side business. I thought that might be something we were... Flotation tank. His flotation I've tank I've done business. flotation tank. It's great. Oh, yeah. Deprivation, right? Yeah, sensory deprivation. And you, okay. So why Eagle star Josh Kennedy floats during his time off? That's a great picture of him floating, by the way. Looks quite good. Uh, whether it's floating above AFL packs, yes. I'm going to enjoy this already. We should give a shout out to the author of this piece, um, this hard-hitting piece of journalism. Uh, Steve Butler is the author of this. Whether it's floating above AFL packs or flat on his back, as he does weekly in a re relaxation float tank, Josh Kennedy is acutely aware of the growing need for life balance away from elite sport. Uh, in a week when swimming great Grant Hackett... Oh, Hackett's been dragged into this, <laughs> I reckon. Uh, in a week where swimming great Grant Hackett again hit the headlines for all the wrong reasons, the West Coast Eagles forward admitted mental stress in football was common and an issue players need to confront. Oh, that's serious. That's good. Um, uh, with sport, you spend so much focus on getting your physical attributes up to scratch, Kennedy said. It's always getting fitter and stronger, but you need to be better than your opposition in that area. But there probably hasn't been much work done upstairs in the head. And it's tough. <laughs> I'm glad he clarified with the head. Just in case. People are like, what do you mean? In the second story. That's <laughs> yeah. oh, no, fine. No. Everything's, everything's good up there. We just had it renovated. <laughs> um, and it's tough seeing guys come out of that elite area of their sport who don't know how to deal with it. Uh, you have to always try to get the balance right because sometimes footy can consume your life. A lot of AFL clubs are starting to work on getting your well-being right, and that's the main thing because footy clubs shouldn't be there to use you as for, as a football. What? Okay. <laughs> well, Interesting I mean, training. This is, uh, <laughs> I mean, this is either a misprint or he's misspoken because I can't imagine they've used you literally as a football, right? Uh, and then Caleb Steve, Daniel, maybe. <laughs> this is the whole quote, and that's the main thing because footy clubs shouldn't be there to use you as a football and then spit you out. Now. 
Firstly, footballers, but yeah, there's some confusing mixed metaphors there, right? Like, he's, I think he's eating footballs, Joe. <laughs> uh, Kennedy was first lured. But I do like the insight. I mean, he's a, the more we learn about Josh Kennedy, yeah. the more I like him. Like, this is a fairly balanced view of what he does. I love a footballer who's aware that what they do, while, you know, a lot of people find very important, realizes it's an occupation of sorts and should be treated as such. Now, I've got to be honest with you. The more I. I, I, this is like an itch I'm glad, glad that we scratched because I feel like each, yeah, each level we go deeper into this JJ Kennedy inception. Yeah. I'm discovering more and more that I like about him. You yeah. know, like he does feel like a good family man. Yeah, you know, I saw him playing with his kid. You know, and and that felt natural. It didn't feel forced or yeah. anything like that. And these aren't the most eloquent of words on this topic, but he said all the right things. He understands what it's about. And now Charlie hmm. is about to fucking plug his business. Oh, like great. Uh, Kennedy was first lured into a relaxation float tank. That sounds dodgy, by the way. Come in here, Josh. (laughs) Come on, mate. I'll give you a sweetie. Uh, Lured into a relaxation float tank in 2014 by former teammate Scott Selwood. Uh, He liked it so much. Lured? Was it like just a trail of donuts or something? (laughs) Lured into a float tank on a Simpsons star? He liked it so much. He bought into the Beyond Rest business in Joondalup and will soon open a second fac- uh, facility in Wembley. So there you go. He, he's he's like that guy who, you know, the Razors guy. Yeah. I liked it so much that I bought the the, yeah. bought the company. Yeah. That's what Josh, that's what JJ does. He yeah. just walks into places, fucking pretty woman style. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, you know, these fancy shops, what they see yeah. is this big, rugged, dopey Lumberjack. guy with a beard. Yeah. Hasn't even like brushed his hair properly. Yeah. And then he walks by the next day. He just goes, yeah. No, it's more like Bruce Wayne. It's like he's sitting yeah. at the restaurant oh, yeah. and he's like, just tucks a check into the pocket of the maitre d'. I'll buy this restaurant. Yeah, that's probably what happened. Like yeah. the dude from the business has probably come and tapped on the relaxation pod and gone, your time's up. He's just passed a check out through just, a crack in the pod. Not, I think you're fine. Yeah. I've just bought the business. <laughs> <laughs> You've been JJK. <JJK'd. laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, he said he floated the night before a game and even sought out similar facilities when the Eagles travelled to the Eastern States. After he and wife Lauren married in the Southwest during the off-season and with a nine-month-old daughter Lottie, uh, she's a little bit older than that now, I imagine, Mm. uh, it was now a vital part of his football preparation, essentially getting away from his family. (laughs) (laughs) I've bought a business where I have to get away from my family. Can you imagine being a well-paid, successful footballer in Perth and you need to find somewhere to find your bliss? Like, mate. Everything's fine. Like, you're getting paid heaps of money. You live in one of the most beautiful cities in Australia. You can surf whenever you want. You only really work six months of the year. You're fine. You don't need a flotation tank. Well, speaking of surfing whenever you want, did you see that the Fremantle player who got off training and pretended he was sick and then drove two hours to go surfing? Yeah. Apparently, though, and this is a great shame to Western Australia, and it wasn't surfing. He went to go bodyboarding. So that apparently, that's why he got hauled in front of the leadership group. If he'd been on a surfboard, it would have been fine. Well, maybe that's why he had to go two hours away. Yeah. Because he knew he was going to be bodyboarding, and he was like, I've got to get out of a zone of people being able to see me. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. Here we go. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, Joel has written to us about Essendon. Uh, So... Oh, hang on. So, no, this one's from, um, uh, this one is from, uh, oh, actually, you know what? Well, let's just call this a whisper. Okay. Uh, uh, hi, Will and Charlie. Firstly, thank you for entertaining me every week. Well, every, most, uh, well, most, most weeks, weeks. When we record it. 
Uh, love all your podcasts. Secondly, I'm from Perth and hate Western Australian teams. So thank you for giving shit to those dicks. <laughs> Is that making him an Uncle Tom? Uh, look, I don't know. Okay, so to the point. I want to discuss this and thought it might be something you'd be interested in. I'm a long-time Bombers fan and really struggled to keep supporting them over the last few years. It sickens me what the club uh, did and their response. Um, I feel for Hurd, but he should have taken responsibility and the club should have stood by those players and their families. It sickens me so much I've decided last year uh, if all those players decide like uh, Paddy did and left the club, I would too. I would start supporting Sydney or GWS where I now live or the Saints, like my mum. Hang on, pause. <laughs> Convenient, right? <laughs> I would start uh, supporting GWS, where I have recently moved. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> or the Saints, uh, like my mum. Yeah. Anyway, irrelevant. Yeah. Not irrelevant. I'd, I'd like to know what your other options are, you know. Yeah. Before you leave one relationship, you should know. Yeah. <laughs> got, like, this... A fallback. Yeah. Uh, I still support the Bombers because the players stuck together and as far as I know forgave the club and came back the reason I'm writing is I've always enjoyed supporting a team that up until 2014 people generally liked I mean we're not a Carlton Collingwood or Hawthorne hmm. the other day pause the other day I was talking to someone that doesn't know much about footy and they asked me who I supported and when I told them Essendon they said oh that's the team everyone hates I know I shouldn't uh, be but it shocked me and then something occurred to me if the Bombers uh, make the finals this year, the topic of conversation will go back to the drug saga. Uh, people will ask how a team... Uh, uh, sorry. Um, uh, I'm, sorry. <laughs> Reading is not my strength. Michael, you can just trim this bit. <laughs> yes. Uh, people often ask me how a team is so good. Why are these band players and rookies doing so well? I feel like we're going to miss the finals for uh, most clubs, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, okay, so anyway, I'd love your opinion on, you know, essentially what people think. That, right. I guess that's... Well, the I mean. first thing I would say is I don't know that Essendon weren't a hated club. Like, I think, you know, uh, at least from my perspective, they fall into that Carlton-Hawthorne category of the 80s. Like, they did terrorise teams. They won a few flags in that period and stuff. I don't recall their... I mean, look, everyone hates Collingwood. That's sort of a given. Yeah. And we know how I feel about Carlton. I don't think... I wouldn't put Essendon in clear. The second thing I'd say is I don't know if that they did make the funds this year that people would talk about the drugs. I, I, that wouldn't be my first thought. Uh, well, I'm going to disagree with you. I think, yes, maybe you could put Essendon in those bigger clubs, but I think because there is a Collingwood and because there was a Carlton, that by the time you get to Essendon, you're like, oh, well, I'm not that fond of yeah, Essendon. Right, but right. like, you I'll know. take that. Um, I think there was some great love for the Baby Bombers. You know, I think that that sort of generation, like James Heard, the player. For a while, you know, yeah. Tim really, Watson. Yeah, gave Essendon Michael that sort Long. of vibe. People loved, you know, I th there was some affection for Essendon. Yeah, okay. Um, and then I do think if they make the finals this year that people will talk about the drugs thing because it will come up again, the fact that they probably weren't punished enough for what it was that they did. I Really? I'd be interested to know if that would actually happen. Would you... So if you were this, if you sorry, what's this person's name again? That's whispers. Great, whis probably, but we're gonna like, whispers. but we're gonna say whispers. Whispers, okay. Yeah. Um, whispers from the. Would you have left? Like, if it happened to the Bulldogs now, and say someone like a Marcus Bontempelli, after you know it was revealed, said, "Look, I don't want to play at this club anymore." Would that be enough for you to leave? I mean, I, I I've always thought about what happens if your team cheats. Yeah. Like, what happens if it turns out that your team are just absolute cheats? Like, do you stay with your team? I certainly think that is a reason where you can leave your team. 
I think it's one of those things where, I, you know, we all know what it's like. to. It's hard to barrack for a new team. But I think that is one of the reasons where you're allowed to barrack for a new team if mm. your team cheats. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's to the level. I mean, if we're talking specifically about... R- Ramona really wants to be involved in this podcast. <laughs> I guess it depends on... If it's exactly the same as what happened to the Bombers, I think I would stick with the Saints because I would feel like, yes, even though some of those players were complicit and, you know, hid facts that they're still kind of young men and they've made mistakes and whatever. And if that administration's moved on and the coach has moved on, then I feel like the club is bigger than a situation like that. If it's any other kind of cheating, like if it's something worse or if it's criminal activity, criminal activity that was covered up, I think would be enough for me to leave. Yeah, well, you, you know my opinion on this topic, which is that I feel sorry for the SNM players. I really do. I think that they were probably involved in something they weren't aware of. And I think that they probably, you know, we've talked about this before. I think they strived to get an advantage. They didn't think it was going to be an illegal advantage, but they clearly knew it was on the edge mm. of things. And the fact that they lied on their forms when they were asked what they were taken is an indicator you know, in the letter of this, that they cheated, and I think they needed to be punished for that. Um, if that was my players, I the thing that would have really disappointed me would have been the covering it up. Yeah, yeah, you know, like that's like you know when you looked at the Bulldogs last year when on on Grand Final night, like you know when they're standing on stage. I, I, re- I really love the fact that most of them just look like boys. I mean, it's been a bit of the criticism this year is that they're probably not big enough and strong enough across the field to compete with some of the bigger teams, but. Mm. It wasn't one of those things where you, like, you know, when you watch Ben Johnson run or there's been some AFL teams in certain eras, like, where you just looked at them and went, ah, this could come back to haunt us at some stage. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like something's not quite right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I hope that it's never the case. I hope yeah. I'm never, you know, confronted with that. I think it's, it's also that thing of, if I put myself in that situation, like, they've done psychological tests before where humans uh, generally yield to authority figures particularly if they're young men in a structured environment. Like, it's not hard to see how, even if they had reservations, they could be uh, coerced into sort of doing something wrong. And so, again, I don't feel like it, it's a it's a concerted malicious effort to kind of deceive anyone. I think that, you know, it's just Except young men. Except that doing... they tried to deceive people. But if they were instructed to do that, that would still, to me, sort of fit into the coercion But they thing. knew that it was a secret, right? Have, the fact that but they you, covered it But you it can up. understand, like, you've probably, have you not been in a situation where you have been asked to do something that you think is maybe 50-50? I'm, I'm, anyway? I must admit, of course, I work in comedy. <laughs> 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 if something's 50-50, I'm fucking happy about those <laughs> odds. Oh, there's a chance this is half legal? <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic, <laughs> I'd love to be involved. It's like the most legitimate offer I've got in the last decade. No, I, I mean, I get that. And yeah. I have a great deal of sympathy for the younger players because you not only have the authority figures of the coaches and these heroes of the club telling you, but you also have the older players. Mm, and if they're doing it, then of course, I kind of... But I do have a little bit more trouble with the older players. Yeah. You know, some of these men who are in their early 30s and who you know are respected voices when it comes to the AFL Players Association or in the media and these sort of things, the fact that they themselves didn't do something i do judge them a little bit on that i've got to say yes okay okay and so i tell me at the end of the letter has uh whispers uh gone to another club or is this just no 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 he he was only going to leave if all the players left okay right so he's done the whole well they've forgiven them i'm gonna stay here's the thing i will say uh, after all that is despite that i think because of the way essendon play and the players that they have and how well liked they are 
then people will probably be more happy for them making the finals than they would be bringing up the whole drug thing and stuff like that. Yeah. Because of Tip and Woody and because of Joe Danaher and because people love Job and Dyson Heppel, I think they're one of those teams that people, you know, have felt sympathy for the players, but also if they did make it, we'd be like, oh, well, yeah, good on them. Yeah, 100%. Sorry. Can we oh, just sorry. pause for a sec? Yeah. Okay, we're back. And we're going to finish up soon because you've got uh, something that you need to do. But... Uh, Let's just uh, go to a couple of other whispers that we've got. Uh, so, uh, firstly, um, this is a whisper from the west of Sydney. Uh, lads, the whisper I hear is from a mate of mine uh, that Sun plays for the Dremoyne Power uh, at the local club with Stevie J's son. Uh, that GWS are coming to ter- uh, that GWS are coming to terms with the fact that they'll probably be losing Callie and Smith at the end of the season. Well, Kelly, that, that'd be good news for you guys because if Kelly leaves, he's most likely going to go to the Saints. Mm, I don't know. He can't go to North, well, can he? I guess on current form, you go to the Saints, but I don't know. I still think the dad lure is pretty strong. And Smith, I didn't, haven't heard that before. Well, this is a whisper that comes from a, a connection at Junior Footy, so it's probably true. <laughs> Uh, poss- uh, possibly even Hopper as well. Yes, I've heard that. With Stevie J retiring... And those three leaving, getting exceptional draft picks is uh, definitely a possibility. The added benefit to them of freeing up salary cap means they can get draft picks as well as having spare cash for a superstar. Basically, I'm calling it and saying, now this is pretty crazy. (laughs) We get four to five crazy draft picks and Nat Fife and his beanie. (laughs) So, (coughs) I mean, I think that's unlikely. Nat Fife has said that he's staying at Fremantle, right? Well, yeah, but if they build that second airport... Out in Western Sydney. He's Do you reckon that's his, what he's been lured by? Yeah, park his chopper. They said, like, yeah, the reason they've announced the second airport is because <laughs> they need somewhere for Nat Five to land his chopper. <laughs> uh, all right, this is the Whispers uh, from the Western Hemisphere. I can 100% confirm, says Whispers, that Nat Five is heading to the, 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 the Nat Five is heading to the Saints rumours. I heard from my cousin whose friend is best friends with the dentist of the general manager of the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> That Fife is coming to America to be a punter, wide receiver, secret weapon in the gridiron. He'll be reporting to his training camp in August, and because it's the earliest opportunity he could get away from those losers in the Frio locker room. <laughs> Quotes. That's in quotation marks, apparently. That's legit. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that could prevent this from happening is if New Orleans could get its hands on Dusty. Uh, would it be Richmondy for the Tigers to be poised for the finals and lose Martin to an entirely different sport? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's amazing. That could happen. Uh, P.S. My kids think Bontempelli looks like Qui-Gon Jinn and only because they yeah. like Star Wars he's their favourite player yeah, he does yeah okay I he can does. imagine if it was revealed if, if the revelation about Mark and Bontempelli was that he was so Malcolm good at, Bontempelli so Marcus Bontempelli <laughs> Malcolm <laughs> Bontempelli <laughs> sorry when he's Prime Minister <laughs> If the revelation about Marcus Bontempelli at the end was that the reason he was so good at football is he trained in a secret Jedi order when he was being raised. Be surprised. They were like, you know what? He's an exceptional player, but his midi-chlorins readings are off the charts. <laughs> Kingy drops the bomb in the lab one night. They finally reveal what that, that fucking body there is yeah. for. It's the measure midi-chlorins. <laughs> Uh, okay, here we go. And uh, we'll finish on this one. We can finish on this. Um, whispers uh, from the west of South Australia. Um, I live in Port Lincoln. Last night at Rashido's pub for the Crows versus Cats game, there was an incredible event. Special appearance by Jars and Modra. At least 30, at least 30 people were in the Sharky's bar 
and I'd suggest close to 10 people were aware of the event. <laughs> so not a huge, huge event that was going out. Rowdy crew playing pool seemed to be the focal point of the night. The two walked in just as the game was beginning and quickly joined a table. I assume full of high-profile VIPs, Jars snuck behind the bar for a little while and there were three West End schooners until half-time. Trays of espresso martinis were flowing to the elite <laughs> VIP section of the venue. <laughs> Can confirm... Mods is Ramona. Can confirm Mods is still dreamy, and Jazz is still in perfect shape. Mm. In brackets, a circle. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! We should just scrap the, the, the like the the original podcast and just do this. Uh, because of the way the crows were playing, shortly after halftime, they ended up coming over for a punt at the TAB with a couple of us. This is where the wisps Whispers. come from. Okay. Three things I learned. Neither of the guys, by the way, these whispers are whispers. They are allegedly. We don't know if there no. is any truth to them. No. Uh, things I learned. Neither of the guys know much about the punt, but we're, we're dropping $50 a bet. So they're still going pretty well. They'll probably obviously play pretty good for the cashy. Uh, mods just backing number six every time. Did he play in number six? No, I don't what was think his he number? Did. Tony Modra. Don't remember. 13? No. I'm no good at numbers. Maybe it was. Tony Modra. That's... Australian Fools player, uh, Tony Modra. Players by number. Uh, Mod- Modra wore number 44. Did he? That's what it says here. Stephen Milne won 44. Was that his first number? Okay. Um, <laughs> let's, not, let's not get bogged down in, in uh, what number Tony Modra wore. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, here we go. All right. Um, uh, so, Ramona. <laughs> Ramona really is sick of us doing this podcast. Um, uh, so, Mods was just uh, punch, uh, betting uh, on number six every time. And Jars went three from three. There you go. Jars are pretty good on the pun, it seems. <laughs> Brenton Sanderson was a cunt. <laughs> allegedly. Did we say allegedly? I, I think that's the point I made at the start of it. This is allegedly. But then it is emphasised, a real cunt. <laughs> and then, in a separate sentence, cunt. Fucking hell. Uh, now, this is allegedly. This is We are really pre- pretty much at this stage just reporting internet gossip. But in the spirit of that, apparently he was hitting on Sloane's missus. Oh, my God. And he was the lone reason Bernie left. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> It's a good whisper, though. <laughs> Even if it's complete bullshit, it's a good whisper. I think it's complete bullshit. Uh, Jake Lever's dad wants him to stay. Uh, I am anti-Jake Lever's dad because I heard the Bulldogs might be in the market. Uh, and I think he would be fantastic at the Bulldogs. That's exactly what we need. Uh, Crows had offered her a better deal for Gibbs, and the Crows pulled it. I mean, this is this is a good whisper. Uh, media is all about uh, Sauce ruining the Gibbs move, but it was actually Justin Reed. Apparently, the face-to-face promised Gibbs family they'd get it done. Uh, and then uh, next one, must stress, Sando is a cunt. <laughs> Jazz said the only reason he's at Collingwood was to make Bucks look like a nice guy by contrast. <laughs> on fire. And last but not least, uh, mods wanted to kick on. Jars probably not so much. <laughs> there you go. 
Some quality whispers. So anyway, we have a regular podcast. It's called Two Guys, One Cup. It's an AFL podcast where we run through the, the games in the week and the games from next week. That's vaguely what we do. Vaguely what we do. Yeah. So uh, you can check that out on iTunes or other places you find podcasts and you can rate it. That's always handy for us. If you rate the podcast, give it five stars. I know it sounds weird, but it helps the algorithm and it means that we get up on the charts and more people find out about it. So uh, if you could do that, that'd be cool as and well. And we have a website, tofop.com, where you can find uh, this podcast and many other podcasts podcast of an ilk nature just probably less football yeah i mean not that much less football but some less football play on not 15 well <laughs> we are two guys one car.